Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating, life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. Welcome back to the Prosperity Project podcast. Today, I've titled this Six Signs You Will Be a Millionaire Soon. I'm going big in this Six episode. Signs. It sounds like <laughs> if there's a number, there's going to be some top tips or something. There's going to be top tips at the end. Don't mock me. Don't I love me. a top tip. I love it. I love it when you do the top tip. <laughs> yeah, so if you've not listened to our podcast before, welcome. But if you have, um, we took a break of a week last week. Just ended up, it was the end of the school's holidays up here in Scotland. The kids have now gone back to school so we're back into a bit of a routine and the way Matt and I always make anything or run our business is there's no we have to do things every single week so last week we just simply were doing other stuff with the boys that got our attention so if you did miss an episode or wonder where we were last week we are back that's the reason we had a little bit of a break our first break I think in about a year of a, a missing it's a week. first break but... in a while but also if we ever do miss a week again, you know you can go back and re-listen to something. Absolutely. There's it's always something there for you. Or you can go to the Mama Furfa YouTube channel and watch a video. Go to the Kempson House YouTube video and watch a video. <laughs> Whatever. If you're missing us, you can find us somewhere else, I'm sure. Absolutely. So this is something I've been thinking about, particularly over the summer months. So I've shared before in the podcast that I actually took the summer time with the boys to do less work than I would normally. I strategically wanted, when I left the corporate world in January this year, I wanted the option to not work during holidays when the boys were off. I felt that that was part of the time freedom that we were creating. Matt already had that, I suppose, because he left the corporate world two years ago to run our business, but it felt finally time that I could do that. And it was definitely something that I had to work on. I did some work off and on. The boys were doing various camps and things like that some of the days. But like we said last week, it was very important to me that I was committed to having as much fun with the boys and we went on lots of adventures it was really super but this got me thinking about being a prosperity millionaire okay and that's why I've titled today's episode in particular we're going to talk about money obviously because when you hear the word millionaire you think of you know having a million pounds usually or a million dollars so we're going to talk about you know money in that respect but I want to also tie it into these are not just things that you are signs or you know know that you're on the right path or guides along the way. This can even be just realizing that your life is prosperous with health, wealth, well-being, that it's an overflow. So you do not need to have a million pounds to call yourself a millionaire. You can just have those luxury feelings in your life and know if you've got some of these signs or some of the ways that I've felt it in my life, then you're on the right path. Yeah, I think that's the key. Ultimately, a millionaire is by its definition having a million available to you or a million assets I'm not quite sure how it's defined is it that you've got like, in the you... bank usually so it's, it's so you had I would always think about if my bank account had one million pounds yeah that's, like that's what I would say bank, too but right? I think that other people will see it as if I have a house worth a million pounds that I own outright yep. then technically I'm a millionaire but for me it would be cash anyway it doesn't really make a difference <laughs> I see the whole millionaire thing as being able to live a millionaire lifestyle. Mm, now, yep. a millionaire 
cannot go to Cannes and rent out a yacht nope, and stay in there for money. ages. Not enough money. But a millionaire probably has the freedom and flexibility to go on holidays, to not feel pressured into doing work, and to kind of have a more relaxed approach to their lifestyle. Yep. They definitely can't go bananas. Yep. Because you buy yourself a couple of Lamborghinis <laughs> and your money's gone. Yep. And also, you want the money to be able to last and kind of keep you going for a while. Yep. So, when we're talking about being a millionaire, I see it as being able to give yourself that millionaire lifestyle mm. that you have that freedom, that flexibility, mm. um, and money pressures don't really weigh on you as well. Yep. yep. So it doesn't no, mean agree. a million pounds. It just means that you don't feel the weight of money stresses and, and dramas and things like mm. that. So my thought process about millionaire is definitely different to money in the bank. But we'll we'll keep going, see where we get to. So do you remember growing oh. up that programme, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah, it's, Did you ever it's watch still on. it? It's still on. I know, actually, they've had a reboot of it. But when I was growing up in the 90s and 2000s, it was probably one of the top TV programs. Do you remember there was lots of scandals as well? People, yeah, there was person. a scandal with the coughing person. That's right. So there was people, and that was a very famous show, and it kind of still is. But every Saturday night, people used to gather in because somebody could win a million pounds. And it felt when I was growing up, now we're thinking about inflation and that a million pounds was worth a lot more back then than it is now, right? So in theory, it should be easier to make a million pounds because inflation cost of living has meant that you need more money yep. to buy the same things. Like houses used to be, I don't know, I want to say like 10, 15, well, I, 20,000 pounds. I think that when Who Wants to Be Really there started, you could buy yourself a million pound house. Mm -hmm. Or not even a million pounds, you could have a million pounds, you could buy a house and you could have plenty of change to buy a couple of yeah. nice cars and to be able to live a decent life. Whereas mm. now, depending on where you are in the country, a million pounds might not even get you the house. Absolutely. And yeah, if you won the lottery, you'd probably have to be very smart about what you do. But I'll ask you this question at the top of the podcast. Why do we idolise the millionaire, billionaire label so much in the Western world? What does it bring up as connotations in your mind? So for me, when I think of the term millionaire, billionaire, I equate it with probably luxury items, first thing that comes into mm -hmm. my mind. I imagine usually a guy, actually, if I'm being honest, someone usually driving a fancy car, maybe car, business, business owner, you know, yeah, all that kind of, I see the bling in my mind. Now, my mind doesn't then go down into what I think about that person overall. So some people might hear the term millionaire and billionaire and think about what type of nature that person has as well. So perhaps the connotations are that they've conned somebody out their money. They've got more than they need. It's not right. It's immoral. You know, or, there's or lots there's, of things. Yeah, or there's potentially a superiority thing that um, some people might come with, you know, attitude, feeling like people are beneath them, yes. that kind of thing. So it's a lot of negative connotations Absolutely. about someone that, that just has a particular bank balance. So you could, you could vary, and that'll be totally based on how you saw money being used as you were growing up, mm -hmm. um, how you feel about money now and your value in the world and your place in the world. And as I say, relationships with money that you've had in the past, you know, did your mum and dad fight over money? So you think money's bad and evil. So mm -hmm. if somebody's got a lot of it, well, they really must be bad. Maybe you've even come through religion or a faith that say that you've heard, oh, money's the root of all evil. That's not, I've told this many times, 
times in the podcast that's not the actual phrase it's the love of money that makes a whole different context but it's all about what money seems to really draw out in people and it's I love talking about money because first of all a lot of you I know resonate with it listening to podcasts because some of our most popular episodes Mm -hmm. are talking about money and money mindset so you get it you under you know you want to know more about it but if I shared with you right now that I believe every single person has the resources and access to resources to be a millionaire or a billionaire or as wealthy as you'll ever need in your life, would you believe me? I'm guessing that some of you would be like, yep, Jennifer, I'm signed up for that. I know it. I feel it. I can see it. Whatever resources come my way, I'm going to make the most of them. And if I end up being a millionaire, well, that's just, you know, the cherry on top. That's just a little bonus. But some people then would automatically hear that and say, that is not possible. That's ridiculous. And I want to share, we're going to go hard maths before we get into the nitty gritty of this. I worked out that the average wage in the UK, so we're based in Scotland in the UK, the average wage, they say, is roughly about twenty, twenty-two thousand pounds right now. So that's based on, you know, average income level. It's not minimum wage. It's it's the median. Yep. And remember, down south in London, there'll be demographic areas that the, the median's a lot higher. Mm-hmm. So it might be in the thirties. If you make that average wage roughly, and if you committed to saving and investing. 10% of your take-home pay, so I worked out that's probably about £1,400 is your take-home pay after taxes. So let's say about £120, £130, £140 a month. If you committed to that, mm-hmm. from the age of 18 to the age of 65, if you invested it in a pension or the stock market and you were getting about 4 or 5% year-on-year growth on it, okay. you would have over a million pounds saved when you retired at 65. So every single person, in theory, the average person could be a millionaire. Well, also that's assuming four or five percent growth, and which is actually had, less than what we've seen. We've seen more than that at times. Obviously, we've seen less than that at various moments in time as well. But actually, I think that when you're looking at those kind of timescales, mm. something more like seven percent is um, fairly yeah, realistic yeah, exactly. over the course of that period. And we've got inflation to put in and all that kind but, of stuff. But the fact is that saying that absolutely and and the thing is i suppose if you think when you start work often you don't really have a huge amount of expenses Mm. so you're not used to needing to max out your cash flow you're not needing to look at what comes in and then balance what's going out so much often when you first start your job you might be living with parents and then eventually you move out if you start those habits of putting away 10% at the start yeah and just getting used to 10% not being your money almost then it becomes very easy to continue that forever like we've spoken about habits before about the habit of giving and things like that and ultimately it's just muscle memory yes if you're used to putting away money then the moment you get a pay rise automatically you just take 10% off the top and that goes on day one when you get paid into your savings, investments, whatever else. So it's really easy to do. And actually, I didn't realize that it was such an easy sum. But it's about starting early. It's the smaller amounts are needed, the earlier you start. Like we we can maybe touch upon this, that we are investing for our boys, you know, at their ages Mm -hmm. of five and eight, you know, to get a head, not a head start, but we just want to set them up for, you know, that what we can do the best thing for them. But anyway, we're, we're digressing. My goal, my vision, and it became quite clear over the summer as well, is 
I want to help you listening to this podcast and anytime you interact with us to feel that we're helping you on a, a journey, a leadership journey towards making as many resources as you need in your life that you can then live your fullest expression so that then you can do exactly what you want. You can use time, which is your only true limited resource, the time that you have to do what you feel is right and what you would enjoy to do. That's my whole goal. And if it ends up being that I help you make a million pounds or a billion pounds or leave that corporate job or, or anything at all, that's just part, that's the sweetness of the journey. But I want to ask you this about money before we go too far, much further in the podcast as well. What are some of the best things that money can buy. So we've fixated on, you know, maybe you've got some imagery about what a millionaire is, maybe some negative connotations. Let's flip that though. What are some of the best things that money can actually bring into people's lives? And what are some of the best characteristics that money can enhance with people as well? So I'll kick off for us. I actually made a, a YouTube video about this recently where I, I was just fed up of seeing everyone saying their worst purchases. You know, oh, I regret that day. Oh, I regret this car. Oh, I regret that. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to celebrate our best choices. Let's actually show that money's a good tool to use, not something you know, that makes wrong choices mm -hmm. or, or that with. And so I, first of all, said that buying back our time freedom was the greatest thing that we ever did. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and we've shared a number of times that we made a decision to drop 50% income for you to leave the corporate world. Yeah, it's basically we spent money yes. to give us back some time. Because if you're taking a 50% pay cut, that's the same as if you kept the money and sent it back out the door anyway. And we got my time back, which therefore enhanced the household because I wasn't traveling yep. and everything else. So absolutely, we bought by taking basically our income down, so less available cash each month, we purchased time freedom. Absolutely. We, we purchased choice, availability, yep. you know, one of us. So the shift for us was the um, instead of somebody else looking after our kids full time and helping out, we were you were able to do all that. Yep. So availability for our family and kind of looking after our family as best as we believed it was the best that we mm -hmm. could and it also gave us adaptability which yep. I was really thankful for now obviously I still worked I brought in that income my business our business was not making anything that would support us but to get to that stage you know we had to build a runway I call it which meant there was savings there I had to do that the same as me leaving my job this mm -hmm. year we also looked at our budget and said can we do this and the answer was yes, but it's going to be tight. Okay, is it worth it? Absolutely. Yep. If if we're a team here together, we'll make it work. And we and we categorically did. Yep. Um, it was two those two years before I left the corporate world were easily. It was hands down the best decision, and we knew that. I think pretty much within the first month, there was no regrets. Yeah. So fin I, financially, it was um, definitely a little bit more challenging than it was before because you've got to get used to having a, a different cash flow situation. Yeah. But ultimately, it didn't feel too painful because we kind of went in looking at budgets, looking at how we can balance the numbers and finding that it was workable. Yep. And yeah, the upside of time freedom is much greater than having a few extra pounds in your pocket. Absolutely. Because there's no, there's nothing greater than being able to get up and know that you can decide what you're doing every day. And that's what we're all looking for. That's why we talked about this before, that the fire movements and you know saving and investing as much as you can, they're all because people want time freedom. Mm -hmm. It's not about 
the security of having a large bank balance. It's just paper in a bank after all. So if you were to think about actually some of the best purchases that money can buy, if you were to think about this area where having enough meant you could buy back choice in your life, how much money actually would you need to make that happen? And if you don't know that number, I'm going to set you a challenge here. It is one of the most eye-opening things that you can do if you know exactly how much money you need to bring in to allow you to have more freedom over your time. Now, of course, what you don't want to do is say that my mortgage or rent is this amount and food costs this and I need about this much for petrol and then that's it because obviously you can't live there's no living in there yeah there's no life and that's one of the issues I have with the fire movement Mm. that generally you streamline your life and your expenses down to a minimum level so then you can work towards earning that much back each month in interest so then you don't need to work yeah but for me then what are you doing with your time when you don't need to work because your budget doesn't allow you to do anything So obviously, if you're looking at how much money you need, then you need to think about what you're going to do with your time freedom. Are you going to try to travel or are you going to educate yourself in a different way? Or are you going to buy into some of your hobbies or whatever it happens to be? Maybe you want to go to the gym more. So therefore, you've got to factor in the gym membership that maybe you don't already have. Yep. So but once you work that out, absolutely right. It's generally significantly less than you think it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that what happens is we get into a mind block of saying, well, I've worked all this time to keep trying to climb up the corporate ladder, always looking for a pay rise, always looking to get a bit more money in. And now suddenly I'm looking at things and my mindset needs to change entirely Mm -hmm. in order to ponder freedom of time yeah, exactly. because ultimately because you're not used to having to think like that. No, exactly. And then you can say to yourself, right. Okay. So from a budget point of view, actually, I only need half the money I'm bringing in. Well, then you could buy yourself half your time back. Mm-mm. And that is a really challenging thing to get our heads around because then it changes the whole structure of work and weekends and everything else that we've had ingrained into us for our entire lives. Absolutely. And Matt touched upon that there. People often associate sacrifice and hardship with having to give yourself more freedom in life, right? And I would, I'm going to call BS. I'm sorry, I'm going to call BS. Our most liberating choices in life, the ones that we've decided to do things differently, have actually probably been the easiest to do and actually required the least sacrifice. So we're talking about financial sacrifice there. But actually, when it's something that you know there's huge amounts of benefit to, it doesn't feel hard. You mentioned, you know, it felt like budgets were tighter. I actually look back and now go but every single bill even the bills that you couldn't have predicted they were always met like money always seemed to cover and i never once had to worry about how to feed you or the boys or look after it it always absolutely i think we also were quite fortunate in the way that i finished my corporate job meant that various bits of money were still coming in from it from a a short period of time I think that the issue we all have when we look at kind of millionaire lifestyles or changing our working life for time freedom is we've got ingrained in our own heads a way to be rich and how that should look and it should be quite stark and then we have everything suddenly. So who wants to be a millionaire actually is part of that movement. Mm. So it's going in with nothing. And then suddenly you walk away with this amount of money that can change your life. Yep. 
We've also, during that same that same era of that starting off and being popular, you have X Factor and That's all right. of these kind yep. of shows. And again, pop in stars, a heartbeat. the rivals. Yeah, pop stars, all those things. <laughs> so in an instant, you go from your regular life, potentially being quite a struggle, either mm-hmm. financially or mm-hmm. emotionally with your time, and then suddenly, bam, you've got this wonderful outcome. And before that, you had the lottery kind of starting yep. up. yep. And again, that was, you go from potentially just being quite down on your luck or quite difficult to manage your money to this wondrous situation. And we've had so many TV shows and things happening in the world that then seem to kind of show that the only way of having this kind of lifestyle where everything can change is to have this bomb of money yep. just dropped yep. upon you in an instant. And therefore, we're not trained to think, well, hold on. What does the money actually give you? Yes. And and that's one of the, the key things. If you got a million pounds tomorrow, mm. what does it actually give you that you don't already have? Yep. yep. What can you achieve? So fine. For a lot of us, we'd pay off our mortgage or we'd buy a bigger house. Okay, so you still got a house. It might be slightly bigger. It might give you a little bit more room, a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more relaxed feeling. But ultimately, it is still four walls and things like that. So although it's giving you nicer, it's still giving you largely the same as what you've got. Yep. You might be able to get a better car on the driveway. So for some of us, we maybe don't have a car that is reliable as we'd like. So absolutely, it will provide some kind of mindset change and comfort in having something that's a little bit more reliable on the driveway and for probably more of us actually it's just a fancier version of what we're already paying out for yep so it's not really going to provide that much more it's more of a status symbol than it is about bringing anything to the table and then you can go out and you can buy yourself some nice shoes, some nice clothes. You can go to the Selfridges of the world and have a little mooch around and come away spending a good few thousand pounds on a couple of bags of stuff. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. that's that's great as well, right? But ultimately, you're wearing a top, you're wearing some trousers, jeans, whatever it is. You're wearing some shoes and you've got a handbag right now. Mm-hmm. So yes, upgrading those to different brands feels nice. I'm not denying that for any second. But you're not getting anything new. So then the only other thing you're getting is potentially you either don't need to work anymore mm. or you can make a choice about what job you do. So you no longer need to go into that one job that you were doing, but actually you have the flexibility to quit that job and then look at where maybe your passions lie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is the true area that most people would benefit from in a cash windfall. Yep. It would suddenly make you think, what do I want to do with my time? Because mm. all the rest of the stuff is ultimately replacing what you currently have with a newer, shinier version of it. And again, I'm not knocking that. I'm not moving that down the rankings by any stretch. But if you currently go to a house now and you go to a house at a later time, it's still a house. If you get mm-hmm. into a car yep. and you get into a car, you pick up a handbag, it's all the same. Yep. So the only thing that actually changes if you were to get that windfall is that you suddenly think... What do I want to do with my time? Mm, mm. So why do we wait Mm. for that hope that we'll get that money coming in? Why do we hope that we'll win that lottery or who was been in or or, I don't know, that relative dies that we didn't know about that's randomly got loads of money (laughs) in their bank? Mm. We, We hold on to this to then change our lives. But actually, 
as we were talking about, what you can probably get towards some of that faster than you realize. Yes. You can get to some of that probably now for a lot of us Absolutely. if we were to rethink our money and how we spend it and what we want to do with it and what we want to facilitate for our own lives. Absolutely. And there will be actions you will be able to do right now. And that's the thing. If the the thought of having time, freedom and all these things that you, you equate with being a millionaire, that lifestyle appeals to you, there'll be little actions and things that you can start today and that'll just speed you up. So the first thing I would say is start to think about assuming you're going to be in a position very soon along your journey where you do have the choices you equate with a millionaire. So to close up, let me give you these six signs and I'll go into each of them so that you can really get clear. If you're spotting them in your life, and I think you'll be surprised how many you might actually have. So the first one is, if you are going to be a millionaire very soon, I have no doubt you'll probably have a goal in mind. You'll have a goal about what amount of money or what you will do with an amount of money if it comes your way. But also, it will feel inspiring to you. And that goal might seem like you'll just need a little bit of secret sauce happening in the world. It won't be too predictable. It won't be like, yes, I can see me get definitely getting there in five years, absolutely. It'll be like, oh, this feels like a little bit of a stretch. But the main thing is, that goal, you will see yourself actually having it. You can actually see yourself being that person. So if you've got a goal to have time freedom or that millionaire, I guarantee you can already start to see yourself being that version of you and how you would act. And also the key then as part of that is to start doing the actions. Absolutely. And I think that you will be someone, if, if you're on that path, that you will already be doing things. You'll be starting yeah. to work towards it because ultimately you mentioned that magic, that secret sauce. That doesn't just land in your lap no, randomly. No. It's not like a lottery win. If you've got some ideas about where you want to be and, and what you want to achieve, then generally you, you should have an idea about how you're going to achieve it. And obviously that will evolve and change over the course of time. But doing the work, making the time to put the focus in, is where then you find the magic and the inspiration, the secret source, not by sitting back and saying, well, this is what I want. Mm. So let's wait for the magic man in the sky to drop it upon us. <laughs> not it at doesn't all. work like that. So you, it'll be that with your goal that you maybe got some clarity about, you know, why do you want that goal? Why do you want this amount of money? We said that there's, there's no point wanting an amount of money for it to sit in the bank. Like that's pointless. It's just bits of paper. It's just bits of gold, right? It, the the sooner that we get a goal, actually, that there's a reason why we've got feelings, we've got excitement about it. That's when your brain goes into ways to actually make it happen. So, how much money do you want for this version of you that you equate with being a millionaire or having an overflow of money? How much is enough for that lifestyle? Do you know the amount or something that feels like it's the amount? But also, more important, what would you be doing with it? What? How would you be serving? And I'm going to talk about this in another point. But does this amount of money work in your favor in the favor of the people around you and the world as a whole okay does it add to the world you being this millionaire lifestyle because if it ends up being that it's only benefiting you well it's going to be harder I think to get there because you've you know it's going to feel a bit of a battle because you're not involving you know people that you love and and the community and things like that but we'll touch upon that no doubt in another episode so the second thing I would say that's a clear sign that you're going to be a millionaire or prosperity millionaire very soon is you're also going to have peace 
about being a millionaire having overflow of money it's not going to be that you have to find ways to hustle hard feel stressed work yourself to the bone work 14 16 hours a day when you you really are exhausted you're not going to have to sacrifice anything I do think that the moment that we have a goal with peace about it then it's just something a natural desire I don't equate having more money now with having to give up more time or give up time with you and the boys or struggle or those kind of things it's taken me a long time to get there because it's the opposite of what's taught Absolutely. And I think that for some people, the things that you might want to do in order to achieve your millionaire status might be that you've got to work a little bit hard or or put in a few hours. But again, I think you'll feel quite peaceful about it. It Mm. won't feel like the Sunday night before the Monday morning going to your day job where you think, oh, I've got to go at it again. I'm stressed. I don't like it or whatever. It will be that it's surrounded by an air of excitement of opportunity, of thinking, you know what, I get to do this and I'm excited to see what it brings. Oh, look, I've got a 16-hour day ahead of me Mm. for this particular thing, but it's because I'm doing this and I'm going to get this out of it. You know, maybe I've got to travel a bit, go to a couple of meetings or have a few conversations, and off the back of that, it's going to achieve this or that. So it would be very purpose-driven rather than grind-driven. Absolutely. And I think that's the difference. Purpose-driven work is actually I think fulfilling you feel like you're making progress you're achieving and it doesn't feel like it's a strain or a pressure whereas grind is kind of how the day job can feel for Mm -hmm. a lot of us and you don't want to repeat that in anything you do outside of work if it feels like a grind like you know it's not smooth and everything's just I mean grind doesn't it's no not it's not appealing word. it's not appealing i don't want to break myself or my spirit or my you know my body and the there's, there's a lot of friction in the word grind mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't sound like a positive like who wants to say oh, I've, I've i've grinded away <laughs> i've grinded away at getting so because of then ultimately that sounds like pieces of you get chipped off as you go mm-hmm. and that's that's not the the kind of focus that you really want Mm, no totally and you've stolen my number three did you realize that that was the third thing that I was going to say you have to be purpose driven so it it will feel if you want to be a prosperous millionaire for it to come really really soon it's usually because you've got a purpose to it and I've put in my notes is purpose over paper so it's not that you just simply want the money because you equate the money then to feel that you'll feel of value or it'll give you security. Money can't give you that. It's it's like saying if I collect enough rocks, I'll feel secure. No, you've just got a pile of rocks. <laughs> well, it's, and it's like when you see people that have won the lottery that have either lost it all or they just find that they're not very happy regardless. Yeah. Ultimately, money isn't going to create anything for you. Mm. If you have a sense of purpose in what you do, if you have a sense of purpose in the time that you spend, mm. if you feel like you're fulfilled in your life now and having more money will facilitate you to do more of the things you love then that's a great purpose or potentially if you want to be able to I don't know give more away or reach particular areas where you can help or change your job to be something that's more fulfilling Mm. then that's a purpose Mm. having money available to you so it can facilitate some kind of purpose is the key money for the sake of money chasing million pounds in the bank just to have a million pounds in the bank 
will not bring you anything no, at all. No, exactly. So purpose-driven, definitely. Something that you know it's going to, the triage of help, you know, it's going to benefit you, me personally, people around me and the community as well. And there's a great book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which touches upon this, like actually what is good, what are some of the habits as somebody building a legacy that you think about, you know, your interactions with the world, your own interactions with yourself and such. That's a great book. The fourth thing, the fourth sign that you will be a millionaire very soon, prosperous millionaire very soon, is you also are not stuck upon the details of how you'll make it happen. I love this one. I really stress that when you have any goal, the sooner you become detached from the exact method that's going to get you there, the better. So often, especially in business, if that's the way that you know you want to create the resource in this way, a lot of people will borrow other people's, I call them blueprint. So you'll see somebody that you love, um, you really, you might resonate with how they made or the amount of money they have. So let's say you see someone who's got the title millionaire, excellent. I will do exactly what they did and you'll borrow their blueprint. They'll tell you what they do in the morning, how they run their business, what they do in the oh, evening. How many websites do you see of all the secrets of the, oh like, my the, the billionaires and exactly. their morning routines and everything else? It turns out though, like most of them get up early, but most of them don't either. So you get, <laughs> so which one do you do? Um, yeah, so if the moment that you borrow someone else's blueprint, remember it's got their energy and it's got their mindset. It's in also it. got the history in it. Exactly. Their life, right. the it's life got they their Life, before they exactly. got started and that's why often the how many courses or how many mentors do people sign up for and they bought they buy or they borrow someone else's blueprint and they go i can't figure out why this isn't working yes because it's not been your journey it's not based on what you're good at how you feel in the moment it's based on what they felt in the moment and felt was the right steps to get there but what if also their path meant that they learned some things about themselves or got some things shoved out of them that weren't ideal and that's not part of your makeup so the the moment i realized that we were on a journey to overflow and I've seen more and more evidence of this in my life is I'm so detached now from the way it'll happen I used to be uber uber focused about there was only a couple of ways that I could see it happening right so it had to be financial freedoms invest save my business money comes to us in so many different ways I, I can't predict anymore but but also interestingly it's still something that I think we both work on Oh, so totally. we still my ego wants to plan and predict yeah and i think if you assume that it's going to be let's say 50 steps to get to the final goal of success the challenge is that we can try to work out what those 50 steps are going to look like mm. and the i think the key is to try to only look two three maybe five steps ahead and then know that whatever happens after that could be very different so you might have an idea of what step 10 looks like but by the time you're heading towards step five, you could find that you kind of start to deviate away and step 10 is an entirely different place. And I think that for us, we couldn't have predicted three years ago mm. that we'd be doing what we do now. And also, I don't think we can predict in three years time exactly the kind of things that we might be doing or what we might be covering or how we might be able to share our thoughts and messages with the world. We don't know what that looks like. And the great thing is we're not trying too hard to work that out either. Mm -hmm. We're kind of going with what works now and any ideas or things that come up that feel like they could be interesting, then we explore. We give them a go. We see how they are. And ultimately, the things that work well or the things that we enjoy, 
we'll stick with and the yep. things that we don't enjoy or don't work well we don't stick with so we started this podcast because we thought it'd be fun to do another outlet for us it something still is that, fun actually you know later <laughs> we might have done a couple of episodes yeah and thought it sucked and thought it sucked <laughs> and then at which point then we wouldn't be doing it anymore mm, mm. and and that's the key is you try something that feels like it's right as part of your journey but also you don't get so ingrained into what you think is the right thing mm. that you stick to it regardless you don't let your ego get in the way of saying i must map this out and this is the blueprint so i'm gonna stick to it i'm gonna follow it and there's no deviation because you're limiting yourself you're limiting yourself on time because if you have this plan of how things are going to look what if you could do it twice or three times as fast absolutely but instead you're following this step-by-step thing that either you've created or you've read that someone else does or potentially just the journey isn't for you Mm -hmm. so it's it's really much smarter to say right well what am i doing now what's working what's not working and what do i want to do next Mm -hmm. and next is much more immediate than three years down the line yeah absolutely next is over the next couple of months you focus on that then you work out whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. You work out whether you want to do more or less of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then when you find that you try lots of things and you end up with things that work out quite well for you, then the great thing is the next thing will uncover itself once you've thrown out some of those things that weren't so good mm-hmm. and you've introduced some of those things that are good. You find that ideas and positivity creates more ideas and more positivity. Yep. And it follows along the path that you uncover as you go. Absolutely. And then the fifth thing I would say is, is Matt's touched upon that a little bit, is seek wisdom. So seek things that are actually long-standing, fundamental wisdom about building wealth rather than just something that's a, a jazzy course or someone's saying, oh, I've got the new secret pyramid that makes all your problems you know there's some secret that i've found that's like here we go we just do forex trading for two days and you're a millionaire yay anything that seems very shiny object i would say steer away from it think about seeking out good strong foundational wisdom principles and there's there's not that many like for example with money if you actually want the basics here's one summary if you want to get money growing if you want to have a surplus spend less than you make there we go (laughs) then how you choose to multiply that excess you could invest it you could put it into a business you could put it into a savings account it does not matter if you have the equation where you spend less than you make you will keep making money grow and grow in the background it's just how it works so i think that we have a lot of coaches and mentors out there that charge very high prices yes, they yeah. promise um, a lot of different things yes. and ultimately that preys on the who wants to be a millionaire x factor type of thing of yeah. i want things quickly so therefore what can i do to achieve that mm-hmm. and as we mentioned someone else's blueprint isn't your blueprint mm-hmm. and also listening to other people with a very specific focus on how you must do things Mm -hmm. generally means that you're limiting what you see in Mm -hmm. the world and there's every chance that it just won't fit with you and that's why there's nothing wrong with finding mentors there's not nothing wrong with finding people that you resonate with that have messaging that you enjoy that have methods that work for you but what you don't want to do is join anything that someone might have that feels like ultimately this is the puzzle Mm -hmm. these are the pieces and i'm going to show you how to put them together what it needs to be is the the people that 
train people and teach people the best Mm -hmm. are the people that say right what does your puzzle look like yep what pieces do you currently have and i'm going to show you how to identify how you find the edge pieces yep how you might best strategically work out how to solve that puzzle yeah but i don't know what your puzzle looks like i don't know whether your puzzles are five piece or a five thousand piece Mm -hmm. but i'm just going to teach you the techniques so you can work out what the picture is yeah and how many pieces there are and how maybe you want to approach doing that puzzle absolutely and i think that that is the kind of person that makes the best teacher and the best mentor because they're not telling you who you are how you are or that you must be like them Mm. but instead they're just trying to help you identify what you have what you're working towards and then your own approach to achieve the success that you're looking for absolutely brings us on to the final sign or final guidepost if you like along the way and that is that you'll probably be thankful for where you are right now you'll have an, a heart of gratitude. So I love this about prosperity. It's really shifted my focus from thinking about goals. I'm always chasing the goal to actually, I can have the goal. I can have this dream in mind, but equally there's some days where I just wake up and I'm go. I'm just so thankful that I can just, I can decide to be with the boys this summer or I can decide to go and work out. You know, it can simply be even, I'm so thankful that my body works the way still that I would love it to and I can go out and have a walk or I can and go to the kettle, make a cup of tea. There's, you know, there's always something to be grateful for. And I think we both felt that way even before we finished our day jobs yeah i think um, it's become more obvious though it, it becomes easier i think as you uncover more of what you want and mm. you remove those things that you don't want from your life so the more time freedom you have or the more financial stability you have or the better your relationships are whatever it is that we have as pain points in our lives mm. the more of those that get removed over the course of time the mm. more grateful we can be for where we are But ultimately, having that gratitude for where you are, maybe where you are now versus where you were a year or two ago as well, like recognizing and reviewing and and taking account of that, I think is a big thing that we don't do enough. We don't give ourselves the credit for the growth that maybe we've had in the last two years. Mm. And for some of us, especially with the pandemic and stuff, maybe the last two years hasn't been the best for, for some of us. But if you look back far enough, you'll see how far you've come. And I would suggest that if you haven't come that far, then now's the time to actually focus on, right, well, how am I going to up-level the next 12 months? Mm. And we've had podcasts about, you know, how to make this year the the best year of your life and things like that. So look back and then see what you can do just to maybe focus on one or two areas that you can level up. But ultimately, we never give ourselves enough credit for how much better we are Mm. than we were and even if that's just our patience with our children when they're being crabby Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know that is a huge thing Mm -hmm. being able to maybe sleep better on a sunday night before we go to work on monday maybe we've had a few conversations with our boss to um determine how much extra time we do what time we'll finish work whatever it happens to be we need to be recognizing the growth that we've had And also be grateful that we are in a position that we've maybe done that. Be grateful for what we have. And by having that, then you're able to recognize better, I think, what you want next. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then once you've identified that, you probably have a better mindset of how to achieve it. 
Absolutely. Oh, this was such a fun episode. And I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. And I, I hope, I know that these six signs or guideposts along the way that you will no doubt have, have have a few already. And I'll just reassure you, you're definitely on your journey if you've got these things, if you've got that purpose, that faith, but also you're, you know that it's part of a bigger journey and it's you're grateful for what you have right now. So I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. This has been a delight talking to you about money. It's one of my favourite things to talk about money and mindset. In particular, if this has like tickled your taste buds about money and some of the things that we believe about money in our mindset and how we've used it as a resource, by all means, I'd love if there's any episodes that catch your attention in our playlist. There's over 60 now of them. Have a little look. I'd love if you would listen to another one about money. Um, and also you know let us know you can send us an email your thoughts about anything we talk about about money or any particular areas if you'd like us to discuss in our thoughts a little bit deeper and also if you're interested in money guess what what you have a youtube channel don't you <laughs> i do it's called mama Furfur. i talk about personal finance investing entrepreneurship it's beautiful it's very practical so go and check that out as well so yeah if you want to align some of your money habits with your money goals then there's definitely a whole array of videos mm. that could help you line everything up and get it all to exactly where you want it to be. Exactly. So if you have enjoyed this, why not hit subscribe? You'll know when we upload a new podcast episode, which is usually once a week. At the moment, every Tuesday, there tends to be a brand new one out and you'll get first notification of that. You can also give us a review. We obviously enjoy the five-star reviews. If you're not feeling so impressed, send us an email. Don't leave a nasty comment. Send us an email instead and we'll work to improve things. But thank you so much for listening today. We'll speak to you very soon.